In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking, the woke mob is canceling everything, and the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Newton-John and Xanadu gone too soon, an icon. I'm sure we'll get to her later in the show. We started with Xanadu. We could have picked any number of fantastic Olivia Newton-John songs. We picked Xanadu because, you know, we kind of think of this podcast as being the Xanadu of cable radio. Yeah, Xanadu, one of the great movies of all time. It's a movie that inspired a generation by a book, about a record and a song. Let's get physical. Olivia Newton-John, probably top five female pop stars of all time. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, just uh, just terrific. And uh, she, she will be missed, even though she hasn't really uh, performed in many years. Um, yeah, she'll be missed. No, she will be missed. And uh, missed a great deal by my wife, who has made a habit of winning, competing in the pie-eating contests of listening to Let's Get Physical. And listen, listen, this and, and this is the annual show where our wives have joined us. My wife, Emberly is here. Uh, she, of course, is um, selling a new book that we'll tell you about in a little bit. Uh, Krista uh, is here and uh, Krista Sheaf, uh, the former Krista Ring, by the right, way. And yeah, people will know her as a competitive pie eater. Uh, and and we, we have just come back from the fairgrounds where Krista cons consumed 12 bread pecan pies a la mode. And that's not something... No, people can normally I do. I, I don't know where she's all of five foot one was, you know, a buck 15. I don't know what she does with it, but she gets laser focused on the pecan. I mean, yeah. she, she views the pecan as an enemy, almost as, as some wild birds will view people as enemies in various parts of the world. Krista views the pecan as her enemy. Yeah. And when it is standing between her and ice cream in the a la mode fashion, she will not be stopped. 12 pies, gone like that. And she once told me, and this is like one of the, 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 the tricks, was if you, the reason you have the pecans in the pie is because you won't stop when you hit some gristle. So that's nice too. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's, that's also true of a chicken salad. That is absolutely true. And the good thing about a pecan pie is it does, one pie will probably take about you know two or three months off your life. But the environmental impact is negligible. Yeah, negligible. Yeah. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Of course, this is David Pritam and Brad Sheaf. We are here. We're back. Uh, we're on the wall for small business owners everywhere. And we mean business. Uh, you can get us wherever you get your podcast. Remember to rate, review, and uh, subscribe. Um, and, uh, and, and make sure you listen each week. And of course, Brad, we're part of the Salem Podcast Network, which is the, uh, the preeminent podcast. Uh, group of podcasts uh, existing today. We are, of course, at the top of the heap of those podcasts, probably uh, without a doubt, uh, if you look at the numbers, the top podcast in all of Salem. Mm, I would assume so. This is a big week, buddy. This is a big week because it's 
down home week. We're here as we always are, but we happen to be together, physically co-located. As and always. We brought our better halves. We did. We did. Our lovely wives are here this week. Um, and uh, Krista and Emberly, and uh, they join us each summer for sort of a, uh, a, a reset of the podcast where we get together, we enjoy clam chowder and uh, some lobster and uh, a couple of wine spritzes and um, and uh, talk about the, uh, the, the goings on, usually in the dog days of summer, correct? Well, I, this year, I am hopeful that for the very first time, one of the other three of us will be able to unseat my wife in the pie eating contest. Uh, that's going to be a tough, tough, to, do, to, tough do. to do. My wife can wolf down some pie. Rhubarb pie. Y'all want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> well, you can't because your mouth is full of pie. Yeah, that's and a lot of pie. You're a head start on the pie eating contest, and that's not fair. That slice doesn't count. I think we're a little speechless. Speechless. Sitting there with the blue ribbon uh, from the pie eating competition at the Big Martha's Vineyard Fair. So this week, Brad, of course, we always start out on this show where we uh, are on the wall defending the small business owners uh, of America from attacks by the federal government. Um, we always start out with the big uh, stories of the week. We talk about uh, what it is that everyone is uh, is talking about, what people need to know uh, in order to get through their week. And of course, this week we've got about, uh, what, about a million new IRS agents that are uh, gonna be happening thanks to Senator Manchin. And uh, your former stopping grounds, the feds, kicked in the door at Mar-a-Lago and uh, raided uh, Donald Trump's uh, beautiful seaside home. Uh, so where to start? What what is this, what is the message our government is sending through these two hours? I, I, I'm not quite sure, but none of it is good. I mean, you, you start. We'll start where you started. You started with the uh, what are they calling it? The Inflation Reduction Act, mm -hmm. which will do none of those things. It will not reduce inflation. It's not even an act. Unfortunately, we, I, I sort of wish it was an act, but it, they, it looks like it will pass. And buddy, you and I looked at this earlier today. They, as a part of this bill, they are going to give an additional, some number of billions of dollars to the Internal Revenue Service. And a part of that money is going to be spent to hire 87,000 more IRS agents. So I looked, did a little quick Google search, there are currently about 10,000, slightly over 10,000 IRS agents. That's according to the IRS's own website. Yeah. They're, they're obviously a public outfit. They produce their numbers. They have when you combine the revenue agents and their special agents. So the folks who are just there for the tax revenue and the folks who investigate violations of the tax code. You have about 10,000 of those. You're going to go up to 90,000. It's almost an order of magnitude. That's a lot. More agents. I mean, it's unbelievable. They did 300,000 audits last year. Again, it's according to the IRS's own numbers. So if you increase that by an order of magnitude, they're going to do 3 million audits. That's the plan because that's what's going to fund this bill is going after people to get every last freaking dime the government can so that you know, we can put the Green New Deal in place. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Plus, we lost the $7,500 credit to buy the golf cart that you and I were going to pick. You know, you and I both have a friend who is literally beside himself. Yeah. He's on a bridge thinking about throwing himself off. In someone else's his, shoes. In, in shoes, shoes that he bought, used shoes that he bought that are now going to wind up in the drink because he lost his $7,500 tax credit. Who knows how many other distinguished Americans there might be. 
wandering around out there with someone else's shoes. Used. Yeah, new yeah. shoes, looking for a bridge. So you got the IRS agents, you got 90,000 more of those. You've got uh, the former president of the United States being um, subject to a uh, raid uh, by his predecessor, uh, yeah, by, by his um, successor, and authorized, obviously, by the attorney general, which it begs the question that when if Trump gets back in, can you imagine what he's going to do? Can you well, imagine the doors he's going to start knocking down? It's crazy. We have talked about this a, a bunch of times on this very fine program, is that how can those currently in power, and I guess in, in this case, those would be the Democrats and independents who tend to vote with the Democrats, not think that all of these chickens are going to come home to roost when they are no longer in power. I mean, the precedent they are setting that they are going to have to live with, I, 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 again, I just don't get how you can't see that coming. Yeah, it's um, it, it's going to get worse. It's going to continue to spiral, and it's just not a good, uh, not a good look. Um, what do you ladies think about this? Do you think it's a good idea to have a hundred thousand more IRS agents on the street? Do you think it's good that Joe Biden ha- is using some would say Gestapo-like tactics, kicking in the door to Mar-a-Lago, which, by the way, is a beautiful resort on the uh, on it's the a ocean. seaside villa. It is. I understand. It's lovely. It's mm-hmm. lovely, um, and uh, a truly man of the people. Oh yeah, Don, truly Yeah, um, but do y'all think this is a good idea? Either one of them, or both, or neither? No, it's not a good idea. I mean, he said he's been working with the feds, everything they've asked. I just, I just don't think that sets a good precedent, as you said. Okay, there you go. Emily, what do you think? I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all agree. I also that's don't it. think falling asleep is a good idea either. No, that's not a good idea. Well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're, you're actually going your bed to sleep, it's fine then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I guess we're going to see what happens in Mar-a-Lago, but we'll keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on there. But what's going on in the country is equally disturbing. And as small business owners, we have uh, inflation again running amok, and this act isn't going to do anything about it. And the new study came out this week that says that the average the average family makes about seventy thousand a year. The uh, average uh, median price for a home is now well above that. Yeah, people can't afford a new home, and you have places in the country where no, you you can't. The middle class is gone. San Jose, California, the median home price is about one point eight million. <laughs> where I live in Texas, it's about seven hundred something thousand. Uh, next, Brad, the second biggest story of the week, uh, of course, has come out, and it's not the pie eating competition. Although that's third. The U.S. government has come out and uh, some agencies have come out and they have warned U.S. government workers uh, to watch what emojis they use uh, in their chats. Right. An emoji, of course, is a depiction of some beautiful, blissful creature, a unicorn a or rose. a thumbs up. Even I think Thumbs up is one of them. that can be offensive to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but experts have warned that emoji uh, uni- uh, emoji depictions, even smiley face depictions um, could land you in hot water, could get you demoted or uh, dismissed because people have very different perceptions of what these emojis mean. Hmm. For example, the uh, there's an emoji where the, the, the smiley face is the tears coming out of its eyes, oh, right? Okay. And then you think that's someone laughing so hard that they're crying. I use that. You, you yeah. use it, well, well mm-hmm. Christy, you could be subject to demotion at work because Gen Zers uh, believe uh, by a plurality that the meaning of the laughing, crying face is dead. The emoji with the little the cockeyed emoji with the tongue coming out of its mouth mm-hmm. um, that used to represent I use that one. Yeah, that used to represent silly laughter, but Emberly, unfortunately, that is now symbolizing playful sexiness. Playful sexiness. Oh, wow. 
I'm really throwing herself out there a little bit. The octopus emoji, which I believe represented, let's go get some calamari or squid. Yes, squid. Uh, apparently is said to be a sign that the sender wants to, quote, cuddle with the recipient. Cuddle. I can see that one I could see because every time I've seen an octopus in the wild or on a dish in front of me in an Italian restaurant, it immediately, you know, sort of sparks the desire to cuddle. An octopus is a cuddly creature. It's got suckers. It's got a round, bulbous head. It's just the kind of thing that, you know, yeah. much like a teddy bear, you look at that and say, I just want to just want to snuggle that into myself. So the, that one I can see. The high five emoji where the hand is up, giving yeah. someone a high yeah. five is no longer indicative of a high five rather it means stop oh isn't there a stop emoji yes i think what we're going to need to do is go back and double down on the policies at our company and perhaps you know make some changes there as well yeah i for one i'm going to stop sending the eggplant emoji around i think you probably should because yeah. it's going to be misconstrued yeah, unless you're looking for a hookup down at the uh, underpass on uh, fifth and l down at the old uh, peach cobbler inn yes yeah all right well, buddy, I mean, again, we have, uh, we've, we've done our job. We've informed the small business owner the things they need to be aware of, the fact that you might as well just unlock the door of your business and let the IRS in because they will be there shortly. Yeah, and I think at this point, Brad, we should take a step back, go back and scrub our texts of any harmful emojis. Uh, next, Brad, we go to the, you know, we've been trying to teach people how to live a healthier life. Mm -hmm. uh, very important. Uh, it's something you can tell by the videos that Brad posts on the social media, um, having people keep up with their workout routines, they're stretching, they're stretching. Um, and uh, now we have a new study, uh, Brad, out of the University of Michigan, Big Blue, Big Blue, Big Blue, yeah. Big Blue um, uh, that uh, has actually gone through and calculated the impact on a mathematical basis mm -hmm. of eating and consuming and eating certain foods. Okay. And so they've gone through and they've, and they basically said, okay, there are minutes added to your life for certain foods. So if you eat an avocado, for example, the university of Michigan, big blue, the big blue eggplant in Michigan yeah. has said that uh, you gain 2.8 minutes onto your, for every body. avocado you eat, for every avocado you eat, uh, every banana you eat, mm -hmm. uh, you gain 13 and a half minutes, right? Wow. Baked salmon, 13 and a half minutes. Believe it or not, a peanut butter and jam sandwich, you gain 33.1 minutes on your life. 33.1. Yeah. I think that's just because peanut butter and jam makes you happy. It does make you happy. Yeah. Skip it around. If you cut the crust off, you live forever. You could. Yeah. You could. Uh, then on the other side, of course, the things that uh, take away uh, from your life, uh, of course, uh, uh, cheddar cheese takes away 1.4 minutes of your life. How much? It ain't a wheel, my friend. It ain't a slice. Um, uh, but, but on the other hand, French fries actually give you a minute and a half. Of See, again, they just make it. Yeah. Bacon, you lose 6.4 uh, uh, minutes of your life every time you have a serving of bacon, right? Yeah. Every time you get through the podcast, you have a serving of pizza, you lose 7.8 oh. minutes. Uh, you have a double cheeseburger, 8.8 .8 minutes you lose, uh, a soft drink, 12 and a half minutes, uh, and of course, a hot dog, it is uh, 36, basically a half hour of your life is gone, 36.3 So if that minutes. cat ate, what do you eat, 87? 87 hot dogs, hot dogs. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we just down 30 some odd hours. 
That's exactly right. So what he needs to do immediately is go out and have seven peanut butter and jam sandwiches a day right on top of for like a month. Yes. But it's troubling. And then when you look at pie, for example, pie, and we've talked about the pie eating champion here of the world. Um, if you have a blueberry pie, all pie. That's the champ's favorite. Yeah, that actually takes away 6.4 minutes of your life for every pie she eats. We gotta get some insurance. That's wrong. I just say it. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, the university you're saying the University of Michigan is lying. I mean, this is a this is an official chart. This is an official chart from Big Blue. But the good news is there is a new smartphone app, okay, developed strangely enough by the good folks in Michigan. which can help uh, determine whether or not some of the processed meats in your life will kill you or make you feel sick or eliminate certain Mm -hmm. organs. Uh, The app will alert you to cancer-causing chemicals in processed meat during a simple color-changing film. So you take a photo of your meat, you know, whether it's a wheel of uh, bologna or mortadella, salami or prosciutto, take a picture of it. And if it turns dark brown and the big red X comes on it, you don't eat that meat. But if it doesn't, you're fine. Eat it. But you still lose the time. And you, you see what I'm saying? Does it know if the meat is rancid? I don't think it's going to tell you that. It's going to tell you if it's got some toxin in it, right? <laughs> this is all the reason to become a vegetarian. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. You don't have to deal with any of the apps. I kind of like it. like, you know, taking a quick selfie with my meat, seeing what happens. Yeah, there's an there's actually so a picture. So there's actually a picture of a big old ham. Right. Oh, yes. This is a picture taken of a good ham and a bad ham with the app. Right. So on the left hand side, you have a nice pinkish, ruddy ham. Indeed. That you just want to dig into. On the right hand side, you have what looks to some sort of flaw gone bad. Yes. So you want to eat the one and then don't eat the other. That's what you do. Okay. You see what I'm saying? It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. That's that's just absolutely uh, divine. You got to thank the um, the good people at the University of Michigan for. Uh, and, and we do. We do big fans. Yeah, very exciting. Next, Brad, we go into the uh, land of um, international relations. Staying with the theme of food, though, right? Because food is very important, and we're in the middle of a lot of big um, uh, cultural festivals across the world. Indeed. Um, and uh, speaking of which, in India, they're going through a um, a big uh, festival um, called the Big India Fest. No, yeah, right. well, and uh, they're and they're actually on the streets making big vats of porridge because, as we know, Indians love porridge. Mm-hmm. And um, this and is bears. something Indians and bears are the two that eat porridge. porridge. Yeah, Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Um, but in any event, we had a uh, we had a um, uh, an unfortunate incident last week when a gentleman named Muswami, who was overseeing the porridge making in a small town called India City. India, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, fe- he was overseeing the preparation of several vats of porridge, right? Mm-hmm. And he fell into one of the vats of porridge and expired. Perished. Perished. In the porridge. In the porridge. Perished in the porridge. He actually stumbled. There were some kids playing around. He tried to guide the kids away from the porridge, and then he fell into a, vat, into a vat of porridge. In any event, there, there is now a move afoot to ban the cooking of porridge in the streets of uh, in the streets of India City. Yeah, well, the Indian equivalent of OSHA is going to have their say in this, and perhaps there needs to be a non-skid pad in front of the porridge vat. The porridge vat will need some sort of safety lid. 
or, or like a grate. It doesn't even have to be a very fine grate, just one that would prevent someone the size of Muswami from falling into his own porridge would be fine. That yeah. help prevent that going forward. And I think they're going to get on top of that. But it's that's not what I appreciate about that festival is they're not going to let the death of one man who was boiled in a vat of porridge forestall. Yeah, they, they still served it. They, they served the porridge. They still served the porridge. porridge go to waste. But listen, I think it's very uh, I think it's very unfortunate that happened. But the uh, India Fest must go on. It is. But at the same time, and I, what we're trying to do here is help people lead healthier lives, right? Yes. Because if yeah. you if you run a small business you need to understand what is good for you and what is not. Basically, you need to take your pen out uh, during these sessions and write down everything we say and then parrot it back to your coworkers as if it's your own thought, yeah. even though it clearly isn't. Right? Clearly they're going to know, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Yeah. So, but in any event, what the good people at Oxford have done for us is they've taken all this information, right, of the hot dog and the hamburger and the rancid spam and the porridge, and they've ranked based on environmental and social impacts, every food. So okay. you can take your score sheet and you can say, okay, I'm going to have a quarter pound of cheese. It's going to take an hour off my life. But then you can go to the Oxford thing and see what the overall impact is of your McMuffin or your McCheese or your, oh, if you want a peach, okay. it's your peach. But you can eat blueberries and add more back, time back to your life. You could eat blueberries. You eat, now, if you eat them in the form of a pie, no. That's going to pretty much take you out right away. Gotcha. But anyway. The good folks at Oxford have now ranked okay. foods based on their overall environmental impact. That's what we're looking for out of Oxford. And so the ones, the foods that have the most positive, right, the most positive impact on the overall um, environment, these are the highest environmental impact scores, are beef and lamb, number one, surprisingly wow. enough, beef and lamb, number two, nuts and dried fruit, Brad, nuts and dried fruit, okay. number three, coffee. Oh, thank goodness. Four cheeses, fish and seafood, right? Mm -hmm. Tea. Mm -hmm. Number seven, pies, quiche, and party food. Pies, quiche, and party food category. It is. It's, I mean, you, you, pies, quiche, it's there. It's there. You've got jam, so chocolate. These are, the, these are the ones that are helping the environment. The highest environmental impact from a positive perspective. The most negative, the most negative, okay? Um, the lowest environmental impact, the negative, sports and energy drinks, yeah. fizzy colas, cordials, chips, onion rings, rice, wraps, smoothies, and then pickled meats. Makes sense. Pickled meats. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... Like a, a pepper loaf. Pepper yeah. loaf. Okay. Yeah. I don't, that is surprising because we have been told for years that the you know, sort of domesticated animal livestock business is going to be the death of us because there's, you know, too many cow farts that are contributing to greenhouse gas. And it could be, Brad, I'm reading this wrong. And it could be that the highest impact from a negative perspective is the highest. But I mean, again, it's important to just take a look at these lists and understand yeah, them I mean, from really, some level. No matter, no matter which direction yeah. you look at it, you're getting information. So pies, quiche, and party food may not be that good after all. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, but anyway, that I just thought we should all know that we, after the, the sort of somber note with Mustafa and the big bowl of porridge, at least now we can sort of move on to something a little bit more. Um, His last pleasant. words were, this porridge is just too hot. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, next, Brad, an update for our fans out there. Of course, we've been talking about the case of Glenn Hirsch. Glenn Hirsch, of course, is the gentleman that ordered uh, several uh, uh, Chinese food items a couple weeks ago oh, right. yes. in Queens and then killed the delivery man because he didn't bring duck sauce. He is known as the duck sauce killer. You girls hear about that? No, I haven't. Yeah, he ordered, he ordered uh, Glenn Hirsch ordered uh, to go Chinese food delivered to his house and the delivery man forgot the duck sauce and Glenn Hirsch killed him. Jeez. Perfectly reasonable. Yeah, well, it's a condiment. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly the message. But now, um, as you know, Brett, last week his home was raided and his wife's guns were taken away. Mm -hmm. This week, um, Glenn Hirsch uh, was found dead on his couch uh, and he had uh, shot himself because of this whole thing. So I believe the duck sauce killer case is closed. Closed. We can close that case. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, these are the kinds of melancholy events that occur when you allow your life to be dominated by condiments. It's a, to, to limit this to duck sauce is to miss the point. Oh, yeah. It's about condiments in general. Did y'all hear about the cheeseburger that was cold at McDonald's and the little guy <laughs> shot the guy at McDonald's because the cheeseburger was cold for his mother. I did not hear about this. this I can't another... believe we're bringing this up and you didn't know about that. So this is another. This is this not a condiment. This is current event. It's not a condiment problem. It's a cold cheeseburger problem. Yeah, it's a temperature problem, which yeah. just adds to the overall mix. So I guess you know if you're just make the cheeseburger hot, like just. So the two lessons we learned: hot cheeseburgers a must. Adequate condiments, a must, or there's going to be violence in the streets. I mean, I think that's probably where this is headed. I mean, it's not a good, uh, not a good, uh, not a good thing. Not a good thing. And, um, you know, I mean, people are getting upset about cold fast food. Mm -hmm. uh, they're getting upset about the lack of condiments and they're just not going to take it anymore. No, they're not they're going, going to take not, it. Not, not in this day and age, no. So my advice would be give the condiments and make sure it's the right temperature. Yeah, I mean, that's a must. That's an absolute, absolute must. Oh, I found something. It's it's the fries. A 23-year-old McDonald's worker dies days after being shot by a man whose mom complained that her fries were cold. Oh, it's, what's the fries? I was wrong. Of course, this is the third segment story that we'll just now delete because that's been... Yeah, no, I mean, that's what happens when you bring, bring the ladies into the show. Thanks a little... A little bit, a little bit. Listen, that's okay. That's okay. Um, what's your position, Brad, on that? Should uh, this worker have been shot? Well, I have to reconsider now because I, I was going down the path of it being a cheeseburger, which in and of itself is a meal. That's an entree. Mm -hmm. And now we got to take a little side jog to get over to side dish, if you will, which is the fries. It's all right. But I think, even worse. I think, yeah, I think that now you can't kill someone because they've given you cold fast food. Well, first of all, if you ordered the fast food, that's on you. You should probably rethought that whole thing to begin with. But if you're going to order fast food and then you're going to transport it back to your mom, who's mm -hmm. not co-located with the food, you have to sort of anticipate a drop in temperature over that period of time. Well, those are words to live by or not. Or, yeah, or not. Yeah. Uh, next, Brad, as you know, and as the ladies know, Brad is a, a proud veteran of the U.S. Navy. Um, U.S. Navy warships, and the planning is going on for the, uh, the the next generation of naval vessels. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. They're doing, of course, critical race theory and sensitivity training for all the seamen and women mm -hmm. and sea the, the persons, sea persons, sea people. Um, but now the new generation of warships are in the planning phase and 
the, uh, the, the word is from the U.S. Navy that uh, there will be a number of U.S. Navy warships that will be completely powered by AI. It's either AI or A1 steak sauce. Uh, but there'll be I ghost ships. I would like to see a ship powered entirely by A1. Ghost ships. Okay, no people. But listen, ghost ships, 2045, A1 fueled ghost, ghost ships just roaming the seas. The seas will smell so good. Yeah. They smell like a steak. Yep. I mean, they're going to add 150 AI powered warships to its fleet. And the Navy says this is one way that they are going to overcome the recruitment crisis that they're currently undergoing. Probably because people don't want to take sensitivity. Yeah, training. well, I mean, I, I sure let someone in who wanted to sail the seven seas on behalf of the United States of America and be a part of a long and proud tradition, you probably wouldn't have a recruitment problem. But when you tell them that they have to go by they, them, or whichever, and only be their pronouns, and I can see where you would have a recruitment problem, and you would have to power all of your vessels through some form of steak sauce. It doesn't have to be A1. It could be Sweet Baby Ray's. Mm -hmm. For the smaller Peter Lugers is good. We had some of that this Peter week. Peter was good. That would power an aircraft carrier. But these are all self-created problems here at the Department of Defense. Correct. Next, Brad. Uh, Royal, we, we go into the royal family. Of course, as the ladies here know, Brad is fascinated with royalty. He loves the royal family. He's a big fan of Prince uh, Charles and the Duchess of Cornhole. And, uh, and, and my wife, Emily, has actually just uh, released a, uh, a book. Actually, it's in pre-release. It'll be out in uh, uh, September 1st, uh, a great children's book, a real life fairy tale, Princess Diana. Amberly, uh, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about your book. So I just wrote a real life fairy tale series with Princess Diana, and it highlights all of her um, positive things that she did in her life. It follows her from when she's a young child to a teenager to an adult, and it just helps kids learn about women that are iconic and did good for the world. Yeah, it's a great book. We've all looked at it. We've all we've gone to a couple of launch parties and it's being very well received and everyone should go out and immediately buy it. Um, What's well, on pre-order on our website at Real Life Fairy Tale Series. And we do take credit cards and some forms of uh, the- uh, Wampum? Yeah, no, no crypto though. Crypto's no, in the no crypto is the toilet. Also, 10% of the proceeds go to Centerpoint, which is a charity for homeless teenagers. Well, that is a uh, wonderful, uh, considering that some of the royal family, like Prince Charles, their charities are funded by the Bin Ladens. Yeah, but that's Prince Charles. And again, while Emberly is here and Brad is fascinated, as Krista knows, with the royal family, there is rumors this week that there is a change afoot. It seems like Prince Charles and his wife, the Duchess of Cornwall, are now taking over Sandringham. And uh, it seems like maybe one more uh, maybe push down the stairs to the old queen and Charles becomes king. That's not what we're looking for. And I don't think the Queen's going to let it happen. Next, Brad, the update on uh, the RIP report. This is where you and I talk about people that have passed away uh, recently. And this week, obviously, we've got a couple of things to talk about. First, uh, Roger E. Mosley played TC on Magna yeah. PI, mm -hmm. the, um, the helicopter, helicopter pilot. Yeah. One, of the, one of the funniest characters in uh, the history of Network TV. He passed away. Of course, David McCullough passed away, 89 years old, iconic America's historian, wrote John Adams, a book that I used, I believe, for a paperweight for about 15 years before I finally gave it away to a homeless person. And uh, Olivia Newton-John, the great uh, singer. Uh, we led this uh, episode with Xanadu, uh, but of course she was from Greece. She got physical 
I believe she was in that fancy footloose and free thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, really one of the icons of the 80s. I mean, what do y'all what do y'all think about that? I'm heartbroken because I was a big fan of her in Greece. Yeah. And I always, if I if I had to play anybody in Greece, I always wanted to play Sandy. I wanted to be Rizzo. I don't blame you. She was no. amazing too. No. No, but Sandy was it. Big, big, uh, big loss. And, and she was obviously a great uh, singer. Greece is one of the most iconic movies in uh in, in history, I actually was in a high school rendition of Greece back in the day. It was oh, really good. Nice. What did you play? Um, played one of the backgrounds. That did you tell everyone you played Smee? I played Smee Peter and Pan. Peter Pan in uh, grade school. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, uh, there are people that still talk about that performance to this day. No, you set the standard for that character. Smee. Mm -hmm. I walked the plank, Captain. That, you do that too well. Got, yeah, still got it. I still, yeah, still I still got it. You could play that character today if you had to. But there are still there are still people that talk about my performance in uh, in Greece. So you know it, it, it's um it, it Emberly, of course uh, does perform uh, one of those songs, correct? Yeah, yeah. we go together. And yeah, maybe we'll put that up on the TikTok later. Oh, nice. Do a little reel for everybody. Do a little reel and uh, and uh, and uh, you know just uh, get going. But anyway, sad to sad to say they're all gone. Although I, David McCullough, I couldn't read any of the books; they're just too dense. Yeah, have you read any of his stuff? I have. I'm trying to remember the last time I picked it up, but you're right. It's heavy, very dense. Yeah, but the, to your point, if you need to hold something down, the David McCullough book will do it for you. Uh, next, Brad, terrible news out of Hollywood. Of course, people listen to this show because you and I have our finger on the pulse of America. We talked about emojis, talked about hot dogs, pie eating. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, well, this week, the Golden Couple of Hollywood, Kim Kardashian and Peter Davidson, broke up and um, they it, apparently it was a long distance relationship. Of course, she was once married to Kanye mm -hmm. West, mm -hmm. who's a Trumper, had the hat. Yes, indeed. Um, right. But Kim Kardashian and, and Pete Davidson broke up. I believe he is on Saturday Night Live, which I haven't watched in 25 yeah, years. That sucks. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's big. And there are a lot of people in the Generation Z that are taking this very personally. They thought that these two kids were going to make it. They were kind of buoyed by the whole... Ben Affleck, Benifer thing, how they, oh, that right, happened yeah, again yeah. with the, the, the J-Lo yeah. and J-Rod and all that stuff. But then now people are broken up about this. And if you are running a small business and your employees are kind of in a funk because of this, what, what do you do? I mean, ladies, what do you think? What, is there a pep talk in order? I mean, is there a way people can get over this? What do you what do you think? Big fans of Kim Kardashian West. Probably need to send them to Starbucks because we got to get over this. Yeah. Terrible. We gotta get, we gotta get through it. Although I'm, I would be afraid if I repeat because Kanye doesn't mess around. No. And I know I read about he's now going to therapy because of the previous comments Kanye had said about him. Oh boy. So now he's in therapy. But I also have to think too. Was it just a hoax that they were together? They do a lot of things for publicity. No, the Kardashians. No way. It's hard to imagine. They they tend to try to stay out of the spotlight as much as, as possible. much as possible, unless they're having sex. In which case. You can find that on the internet in every possible corner. That's great. Yeah, great. I, don't like I, I wouldn't want to be Pete right now. Right? Maybe I would want to be Pete now, yeah. but not before. Yeah. Not, not Pete with Kim. Yeah. Pete without Kim. <laughs> exactly. But that's why, that's why non Kim Pete is what you're looking for. This whole thing started when Kanye sent Pete a peach emoji. Right. And, and then, then he just went right yeah, there. He tried to send back an eggplant emoji that did not go well. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's sad. I'm always saddened when the Kardashians are down and things are not working out for them. 
Um, but hopefully she'll, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I, I don't often try to prognosticate. I'm not good at it. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that Kim Kardashian will find some other schmuck to hang off of in the near future. Next, Brad, uh, remember a few weeks ago, we started helping people figure out where the best and worst places to live are. And oh, yeah. We did yeah. that list. Mm-hmm. Now the new report is out. Uh, this is a report. It's a very, very highly regarded report. Oh, very right. highly regarded. It's um, it's uh, the, and of course, you know, this group, the Economist Intelligence Unit, that's the EIU, mm-hmm. has released their Global Livability Index. This is where the EIU goes in and they study different aspects and elements of town, cities, um, hamlets. They've got some yeah, hamlets the in there. Hamlet. And uh, they just go through and they're, what they're trying to do is get their arms around the 10 best places to live and the 10 worst, worst places to live in the world. And so the list is out, um, starting with the 10 best places to live. Of course, number one is Vienna, Austria, which I believe was the home of Adolf Hitler. Uh, yeah, that's right. Copenhagen, Denmark is number two. Uh, Zurich, Switzerland is where a lot of those escaped Nazis went after the war. Uh, Calgary, Canada. Calgary, Canada, which I believe is where Don and Fuenny are now. Yeah, that's right. In Western Canada. Yeah. Next is Vancouver. Canada. Also in Canada. Also in Canada. Geneva, Switzerland. There were also some of those escaped Nazis who went there. Correct. Frankfurt, Germany is where the Nazis started. Started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, Canada. Canada. Um, Amsterdam. It's a dump. I'm not buying. Well, Amsterdam. And then number 10, Osaka, Japan. Oh, yeah. We've been told to go there. Yeah. We, yeah. we have, uh, been, yeah. yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, I would not, I don't think Osaka is someplace I no, would ever, I would not put it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you have to juxtapose that with the 10 worst places to live in the world, which I'm going to guess are all going to be in the United States. Of America. Well, let's see. Uh, number one is actually Tehran, Iran. Well, that's a good pick actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, Dula, Cameroon. Okay. Yep. Harar, Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Dhaka, Bangladesh. Uh, Port Moresby, PNG, Karachi, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea, uh, Algiers, Algeria, Tripoli, of course, Tripoli, yeah, Libya, um, Los Angeles, yeah. Damascus, Syria, and Lagos, Nigeria died for last. So there, there you go, Brad. Yeah. Um, seems like a good, um, well thought of list. Yeah. My friend Tetney's is from Bangladesh. Oh, really? That would. Isn't that the woman that broke the bottle over her boyfriend's skull? And went to jail for it, yes. Yeah, Yeah, but that's just a common act in Bangladesh. You're allowed to do that. I would have to agree with that list. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, listen, it's a nice, it's a well thought out list. And who wouldn't want to be in Toronto instead of being in just about any U.S. city? Yeah. Flying squirrels, though. They do have flying squirrels there. Yeah. And the home of one Mitch Klein. Mitch Klein loves him some Toronto. I believe he's also been in Calgary and Vancouver. Yeah. Not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but in any event, it's a very exciting list. And what we're trying to do is promote um, tourism in all these locations. And really, some of those places that are on the worst list aren't that bad. No, I mean, who doesn't want to spend time in Cameroon first? Or Pakistan, for that well, matter. You get yourself to Pakistan. You get yourself to Tehran. And you can wave to the Ayatollah, who will just come out and mingle with the people. You can get yourself to Papua New Guinea and, uh, you know, perhaps contract some 
uh, disease uh, that you couldn't get where you normally live. And so, you know, that's that's an upside there. And you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in those places. I think they're just being unfairly discounted. So, so, uh, but we'll keep an eye on that, Brad. If, for those people out there, and I know we stress the importance of listening to what we say and doing what we say. Uh, for those of you out there who moved to one of those worst cities, please keep us posted on your um, your progress. Yeah, send us a tweet. Yeah, or a yeah, yeah. Or whatever uh, it is you can do in those places. Finally, Brad Barter Band. The uh, again, we won a Bronze Stevie Award for this category last year. That's the big uh, award show where everyday podcasters can highlight the aspects of their show that help people. And we did, and we got awarded a bronze medal. Um, it's not a blue ribbon. Not no, a blue ribbon, no, no, but it's no, bronze medal. Quite the level of Chris's pie eating, but we're proud of it. Yeah, this, this, um, th- this week for barter ban, this is where we go around the table and we talk about whether or not something should be barter ban. And, uh, um, and we, we talk about the underlying issues uh, each week. And it, these are things, as y'all know, that are very important to small business owners in America. Very important. Uh, this week, Brad, I give you Brenda Thrumble, 66-year-old grandmother. Um, of course, she lives in uh, St. Peter's, which is in Broadstairs, Kent, in the UK. Ah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, we have a lot of fans over there. Not on the list. Yeah, a lot of fans over there. Brenda um, is a grandmother. Um, she uh, um, used to love to spend a lot of time outside mm-hmm. uh, with her grandkids and her pets. I believe she had a pet dog. Um, but, uh, last week, uh, tragedy struck, um, Brenda, when walking home with her dog was attacked by a flock of seagulls, my friend, uh, it was was not the band. It was a crazed seagull attack left her bloodied and, uh, looking quote, like something from a Freddy Krueger film. As she walked home in Kent, uh, Thrumble was forced to hide in a bush to get away from the birds. One bird in particular, which clawed at her. Rumble was left with a gushing head wound and had to get a tetanus injection. Um, of course. I mean, she, it just, it's, not, it's not what you're looking for. This is a grandmother in Kent. And now there is a group of people, Brad, in, um, in, um, in, in, in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. In the UK, in, yeah. in St. Peter's, Thrumble, Kent, Broadstairs, mm-hmm. um, that are looking to ban seagulls um, from... Attacking people. Attacking people. And I, I think they're going to start exterminating. Again, this poor woman was literally attacked, uh, unprovoked, by the way. She did nothing to that yeah, seagull. I mean, have to do is look at her and know that she would never provoke a seagull. Yeah, yeah. No, she had to hide in a bush. Yeah, she had to hide in a, a, a bush. She, she, you know, went on. Um, of course, and, you know what they say. A bird in the hand is, is worth two in the bush. Two in the hoof, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. But she, but she, she was asked about... Um, uh, you know, what, what you could do. And she said, quote, it's hard to say to people to be careful because the seagull came at me from behind. It's hard to know to warn people to it's avoid it. It's uh, happening to them. I wasn't eating anything, Thrumble said at the time. Uh, you hear about it happening to other people at the beach when people are eating chips and pastries. But I was walking down a side road. I presume the seagull was protecting its young, but I couldn't see any kids, <laughs> any, any kids anywhere. I couldn't see a nest or any babies. I know residents are trying to get rid of the seagulls because we've been plagued by them. I'm very nervous to go outside. So again, Brad, uh, the the woman was not eating a treat or anything. Just a couple more facts that you need to know. I appreciate that. Uh, Apparently, since the lockdown, uh, some residents in 
this lovely town, mm. have um, a an increase in gulls feasting on other birds and rats. Um, bloodthirsty gulls have been spotted attacking and pecking to death helpless pigeons. Mm. Last July, a seagull Brad was seen swallowing a pigeon whole in a playground in Brighton, East Sussex, which is, of course, yeah, another place. Yeah, but that was part of a contest. Um, I think but we can hold that against us. On the other side, the RSPCA, the Royal Society of Pigeon something or others, chickatoos and also also birds, a lot yeah. of birds, yeah. Um, it has yeah. said that gulls that swoop are trying to protect their chicks that have fallen out of the nest. Uh, the animal charity has said they'll stop when the person or animal has moved away from their young. And then this behavior only usually lasts for a few months until the chicks have fledged and then the cycle repeats itself. So again, Brad, um, th there's both sides to this. I'm gonna say these gulls are bloodthirsty killers and um, it's a problem. I'm gonna say they have to be barred. Uh, Emily, what do you think? I would say they have to be barred too. And this happens in, this is in the UK where Princess okay. Diana once started around. Krista? Well, I think that we should send all of those people one of your butt assaults. Oh, the bug assault gun. That's it's, a, it's I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure we're allowed to do like free advertising, but I do enjoy my bug assault gun. We're going to have to tell Emily about that and give it to her. I'll, we'll do it offline. I okay. don't know, but you got to let me know what that means. Yeah, no, you'll enjoy that. And, uh, buddy, I, I got to tell you, the RSPCAA plus society there is, is just wrong about this. This is clearly wrong. This, they chased this poor woman, these violent birds. Chase this poor woman into a bush. She said she had to take cover in a bush. So she didn't even have a tree or a stack. No, she had nothing. And she was nowhere near their young. Nowhere in the world should this be allowed. Certainly not in the United Kingdom, um, home of the Duchess of Cornhole. Hello. Hello, Seagull. So, I, I, again, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ban this behavior. Well, there it is, Brad, another week. Uh, we've talked about everything from uh, people falling into vats of porridge, eating too many hot dogs, eating too many pies in a good way, in a good way, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the various travails of the woke uh, culture that we are trying to counter at this very time. We'll see everyone next week when we'll be back in the studio. Right here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.